0: Section thirty nine of the Book of the Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume Nine. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Book of the Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume Nine. By Anonymous. Translated by Richard Francis Burton. Night nine hundred and sixty five. When it was the nine hundred and sixty fifth night, she pursued. It hath reached me, O auspicious king, that when the merchant, the father of Kamar al-Zaman, heard the saying of the dervish, I am Allah's guest, he replied, Welcome to the guest of God, enter, O dervish. But he said to himself, And the beggar be enamoured of the boy, and sue him for sin, needs must I slay him this very night, and bury him secretly. But, and there be no lewdness in him, the guest shall eat his portion." Then he brought him into a saloon where he left him with Kamar al-Zaman, after he had said privately to the lad, "O my son, sit thou beside the dervish when I am gone out, and sport with him and provoke him to loveliness. and if he seek of thee lewdness, I who will be watching you from the window overlooking the saloon, will come down to him and kill him so as soon as Kamar al-Zaman was alone in the room with the dervish he sat down by his side, and the old man began to look upon him, and sigh and weep. Whenever the lad bespake him, he answered him kindly, trembling the while, and would turn to him, groaning and crying, and thus he did till supper was brought in, when he fell to eating, with his eyes on the boy, but refrained not from shedding tears. When a fourth part of the night was past, and talk was ended and sleep-tide came, Abd al-Rahman said to the lad O my son apply thyself to the service of thine uncle the dervish and gainsay him not and would have gone out but the dervish cried to him O my lord carry thy son with thee or sleep with us answered the merchant nay my son shall lie with thee haply thy soul may desire somewhat and he will look to thy want and wait upon thee then he went out leaving them both together and sat down in an adjoining room which had a window giving upon the saloon such was the case with the merchant but as for the lad as soon as his sire had left them he came up to the dervish and began to provoke him and offer himself to him whereupon he waxed wroth and said what talk is this o my son i take refuge with allah from satan the stoned o my lord indeed this is a denial of thee which pleaseth thee not avaunt from me o my son so saying the dervish arose and sat down at a distance but the boy followed him and threw himself upon him saying why o dervish wilt thou deny thyself the joys of my possession and i with a heart that loveth thee hereupon the dervish's anger redoubled and he said and thou refrain not from me i will summon thy sire and tell him of thy doings quoth the lad My father knoweth my turn for this and it may not be that he will hinder me so heal thou my heart why dost thou hold off for me do i not please thee answered the dervish by allah o my son i will not do this though i be hewn in pieces with sharp edged swords and he repeated the saying of the poet indeed my heart loves all the lovely boys as girls nor am i slow to such delight but Though i sight them every night and morn i'm neither of lot's folk nor rancher white then he shed tears and said arise open the door that i may wend my way for i will lie no longer in this lodging therewith he rose to his feet but the boy caught hold of him saying look at the fairness of my face and the cremercy of my cheeks and the softness of my sides and the lusciousness of my lips moreover he discovered to him calves that would shame wine and cup-carrier and gazed on him with fixed glance that would baffle enchanter and enchantment for he was passing of loveliness and full of blundishment even as saith of him one of the poets who sang i can't forget him since he rose and showed with fair design those calves of legs whose pearly shine make light in nightly gloom wander not and my flesh apprise, as though twere judgment day when every shank shall be bared be and that is day of doom then the boy displayed to him his bosom saying look at my breasts which be goodlier than the breasts of maidens and my lip dews are sweeter than sugar candy so quit scruple and asceticism and cast off devoutness and abstinence and take thy fill of my possession and enjoy my loveliness fear not for thou art safe from hurt and leave this habitude for 'tis a bad habit and he went on to discover him his hidden beauties striving to turn the reins of his reason with his bendings in graceful guise whilst the dervish turned away his face and said i seek refuge in allah have some shame on my son this is a forbidden thing i deem and i will not do it no not even in dream. The boy pressed upon him, but the dervish got free from him and, turning towards Mecca, addressed himself to his devotions. Now, when the boy saw him praying, he left him till he had prayed a two-bow prayer and saluted, when he would have accosted him again. But the dervish again repeated the intent and prayed a second two-bow prayer, and thus he did a third, and a fourth, and a fifth time, Quoth the lad, What prayers are these? art thou minded to take flight upon the clouds thou lettest sleep our delight whilst thou passest the whole night in the prayer niche. so saying he threw himself upon the dervish and kissed him between the eyes but the sheik said o my son put satan away from thine estate and take upon thee obedience of the compassionate quoth the other and thou do not with me that which i desire i will call my sire and say to him the dervish is minded to do lewdness with me whereupon he will come into thee and beat thee till thy bones be broken upon thy flesh all this while abd Rahman was watching with his eyes and hearkening with his ears and he was certified that there was no frowardness in the dervish and he said to himself were he a lewd fellow he had not stood out against all this importunity the boy continued to beguile the dervish and every time he expressed purpose of prayer he interrupted him till at last he waxed wroth with passing wrath and was rough with him and beat him kamar al-zaman wept and his father came in and having wiped away his tears and comforted him said to the dervish o my brother since thou art in such case why didst thou weep and sigh when thou sawest my son say me is there a reason for this he replied there is and abd al-Rahman pursued when i saw thee weep at his sight i deemed evil of thee and bade the boy do with thee thus that i might try thee purposing in myself if i saw thee sue him for sin to come upon thee and kill thee but when i saw what thou didst i knew thee for one of those who are virtuous to the end now allah upon thee tell me the cause of thy weeping the Dervish sighed and said, O oh, my lord, chafe not a closed wound. But the merchant said, There is no help but thou tell me, and the other began. Know thou that I am a dervish who wander in the lands and the countries, and take warning by the display of the creator of night and day. It chanced that one Friday I entered the city of Bassorah in the Undurn. And Shahrazad perceived the dawn of day, and ceased to say her permitted say end of night nine hundred and sixty-five night nine hundred and sixty-six when it was the nine hundred and sixty-sixth night she resumed it hath reached me o auspicious king that the dervish said to the merchant know then that i a wandering mendicant chanced one day to enter the city of bassorah in the undern and saw the shops open and full of all manner of wares and meat and drink but the place was deserted and therein was neither man nor woman nor girl nor boy nor in the markets and the main streets was there a dog or a cat nor sounded sound nor friend was found i marvelled at this end and said to myself i wonder whither the people of the city be gone with their cats and dogs and what hath allah done with them now i was hunger, so i took hot bread from a baker's oven and going into the shop of an oilman spread the bread with the clarified butter and honey and ate then i entered the shop of a sherbet cellar and drank what i would after which seeing a coffee-shop open i went in and found the pots on the fire full of coffee but there was no one there so i drank my fill and said verily this is a wondrous thing it seemeth as though death had stricken the people of this city and they had all died at this very hour or as if they had taken fright at something which befell them and fled without having time to shut their shops now while pondering this matter lo i heard a sound of a band of drums beating whereat i was afraid and hid myself for a while then looking out through a crevice i saw damsels like moons come walking through the market two by two with uncovered heads and faces displayed they were in forty pairs thus numbering fourscore and in their midst a young lady riding on a horse that could hardly move his legs for that which was upon it of silver trappings and golden and jeweled housings her face was wholly unveiled and she was adorned with the costliest ornaments and clad in the richest of raiment and about her neck she wore a collar of gems and on her bosom were necklaces of gold her wrists were clasped with bracelets which sparkled like stars and her ankles with bangles of gold set with precious stones the slave-girls walked before her and behind and on her right and left and in front of her was a damsel bearing in baldric a great sword with grip of emerald and tassels of jewel encrusted gold when that young lady came to where i lay hid she pulled up her horse and said o damsels i hear a noise of somewhat within yonder shop so do ye search it lest haply there be one hidden there with intent to enjoy a look at us whilst we have our faces unveiled so they searched the shop opposite the coffee-house wherein i lay hid whilst i abode in terror and presently i saw them come forth with a man and they said to her o oh, our lady we found the man there and here he is before thee quoth she to the damsel with the sword smite his neck so she went up to him and struck off his head then leaving the dead men lying on the ground they passed on when i saw these i was affrighted but my heart was taken with love of the young lady after an hour or so the people reappeared and every one who had a shop entered it whilst the folk began to come and go about the bazaars and gather around the slain man staring at him as a curiosity then i crept forth from my hiding place by stealth and none took note of me but love of that lady had gotten possession of my heart and i began to inquire of her privately none however gave me news of her so i left bassorah with vitals yearning for her love and when i came upon these thy son i saw him to be the likest of all creatures to the young lady wherefore he reminded me of her and his sight revived the fire of passion in me and kindled anew in my heart the flames of love longing and distraction and such is the cause of my shedding tears then he wept with sore weeping till he could no more and said o my lord i conjure thee by allah open the door to me so i may gang my gate accordingly abd al-rahman opened the door and he went forth thus fared it with him but as regards kamar al-zaman when he heard the dervish story his heart was taken with love of the lady and passion get the mastery of him and raged in him longing and distraction so on the morrow he said to his sire all the sons of the merchants wander about the world to attain their desire nor is there one of them but his father provideth for him a stock in trade wherewithal he may travel and traffic for gain why then o my father dost thou not outfit me with merchandise so i may fare with it and find my luck He replied o my son, such merchants lack money so they send their sons to foreign parts for the sake of profit and pecuniary gain and provision of the goods of the world but i have monies in plenty nor do i covet more why then should i exile thee indeed i cannot brook to be parted from thee an hour more especially as thou art unique in beauty and loveliness and perfect grace and i fear for thee but kamar al-zaman said O my father, nothing will serve, but thou must furnish me with merchandise, wherewithal to travel. Else I will fly from thee at unawares, though without money or merchandise. So, and thou wish to solace my heart, make ready for me a stocking trade, that I may travel and amuse myself by viewing the countries of men. Abd al rahman seeing his son enamoured of travel, acquainted his wife with this, saying, verily thy son would have me provide him with goods so he may fare therewith to far regions albeit travel is travail quoth she what is there to displease thee in this such is the want of the sons of the merchants and they all vie one with other in glorifying globe trotting and gain quoth he most of the merchants are poor and seek growth of good but i have wealth galore she replied More of a good thing hurteth not. And, if thou comply not with his wish, I will furnish him with goods of my own monies. Quoth Abd al-Rahman. I fear strangerhood for him, Inasmuch as travel is the worst of trouble. But she said, There is no harm in strangerhood for him, When it leadeth to gaining good. And, if we consent not, Our son will go away, And we shall seek him and not find him, and be dishonoured among the folk. The merchant accepted his wife's counsel, and provided his son with merchandise to the value of ninety thousand gold pieces, whilst his mother gave him a purse containing forty bezel-stones, jewels of price, the least of the value of one, of which was five hundred ducats, saying, O my son, be careful of this jewellery, for it will be of service to thee. Thereupon Kamar al-Zaman took the jewels, and set out for bassorah and shahrazad perceived the dawn of day and ceased saying her permitted say end of night nine hundred and sixty-six